Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. What is up, podcast people? Hopefully you are doing well. I'm doing well. I'm actually in Japan. I'm on tour right now with my band Taken. We're playing some shows over here with Hope's Fall, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, if you're in the general area of Tokyo and Shibuya and all those other rad places, uh, come out and say hi at a show. But more importantly, what we are here doing, we're focused on independent music, obviously. We're talking punk, hardcore, people who are playing the music, or in this case, I have four guests who are putting on a festival of epic proportions, in my mind, and that is the LDB Fest in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm so excited because I personally am going out there doing some live podcasts at a stage. This will be my first time doing it here in the States. I had a little taste of it last summer at the Outbreak Festival over in the UK, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to go out to LDB Fest. It is, it's in its 10-year anniversary and they are I just I really love what they've done and I have four guests because these are the this is the brain trust that is this festival's organization structure I have Ryan Alex Colin and Julia 
They are all the uh, four-headed beast. That is the uh, 502 shows. And they, they're they basically very, very active within their music community in Louisville. And they've put this fest on for many years. Uh, Ryan and Alex were the originators. And then Colin and Julia came in a couple years ago and basically just started to help out and build this thing over time. And like I said, it's their 10th anniversary. And they have so many cool bands like you just to name a few, you got terror, you got no pressure, you got knock loose, drug church, tsunami, koyo, karma, the list can go on, but go to ldbfestival.com. You can check out the lineup. There are a few tickets left. They actually were able to work with the venue to expand the capacity. I mean, we're talking, this It's probably like thousand plus people. <laughs> it's pretty big. So uh, yeah, it's exciting and I can't wait to go there. And I wanted to get the origin story and honestly, the perspective of the people who have existed within the Louisville, Kentucky music scene. I've always been obsessed with it ever since I started to get into punk and hardcore and just notice the propensity of not only record labels, but festivals and the diverse sounds that come out from Louisville. I've just, I've always been transfixed with it. So the fact that I get to talk to these people and hear their stories and hear why LDB Fest is uh, just such a force of nature at this point, you know, 10 years, holy moly, that's a long time. So, but you can reach out to me, 100 words podcast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube. I know a lot of people are consuming the podcast that way now. I've, I've seen the metrics, seen the numbers, and I appreciate you consuming this on there. You can also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or just drop in to Spotify. If you are listening to it in that platform, give it a star rating. All of those things are, are free. They are greatly appreciated and they make a difference within the life of this podcast and frankly, my life, because, you know, I just live and die by the algorithm. <laughs> Not really, but you get the point. Anyways, so uh, yeah, let's talk to all of these fine people. So we're going to hear from Ryan and Alex first, and then we're going to transition into Colin, and then we will finally hear from Julia. So Alex and Ryan are together, and they are doing this, uh, the interview. And then I spoke to Colin separately, and then I spoke to Julia separately as well. So that is what we got, and uh, it's a it's a jam-packed episode. So strap in and understand why LDB Fest is such an important thing going on right now. Being a person that uh, has existed on the West Coast, but has always been very fascinated with the uh, Louisville scene ever since I started to get into it in the you know mid to late nineties. Starting a festival in, you know, Louisville in regards to, you know, Crazy Fest has been done before. There have, uh, you know, there were other iterations, but what motivated you guys to want to kind of, you know, start something new in your own city? Well, I mean, I guess I'm the one who's actually from Louisville. uh, So I've been the one who booked here the longest, but... I've always just booked shows, so I never really had a big, you know, you know, big push to want to book a fest, but Ryan was actually the one who came to me who was like, we should do something bigger in Louisville. Like, I'm always interested in booking something bigger, like a fest, and I think Louisville would be a good city for it, and, you know, like, you've been booking shows for a long time. I think, like, us working together, we could do something cool here. And that's kind of how the fest started. 
Got it. And the correct me if I'm wrong, the was the first year twenty sixteen or when did you guys start it? So the first year was twenty fourteen. Okay. Um yeah, we tried so I, when I started we tried to do it in Indianapolis first, but we just could not. There wasn't just like any venues like that would let us get away with the things that we wanted to do at an appropriate size as well and such. So that was why I went to Alex. Um, and we found something that was perfect for the start of, uh, of the fest in Louisville. Got it. Yeah. I imagine I, I, I definitely like how you phrased it where something that we wanted to do given the, uh, you know, sometimes ridiculous constraints of a hardcore show where it's like, yeah, we don't, we want security, but we don't want like security. That's going to like beat people up, <laughs> you know, that sort of vibe. Yeah, there wasn't even security the first few years. <laughs> we could get away with a lot more in Louisville than Indianapolis around that time, especially. Definitely. Oh, that's it. That's interesting. I, I guess I would kind of assume it to be the uh, you know inverse, but that's that's cool that you guys were able to um, you know bring it back home, so to speak. Right. And so w- w- the so 2014, but then w- what was the first year it happened in Louisville? All years have been in Louisville. Yeah. So ever since 2014? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We like the idea started in the Indianapolis, but it moved pretty quickly out of there cuz it just wasn't working. Yeah, there we weren't couldn't. any venues really. Yeah. So yeah, so he came to me and we were like, "All right, we'll find something here to make it work." And then it just immediately started here instead. Got it. Okay. And when you started to put it together, because, uh, I mean, clearly its roots are definitely in punk and hardcore, and you have done a lot to highlight bands from not only the home state of Kentucky, but like a lot of the Midwest that sometimes gets uh, overlooked. Uh, w- did you have kind of an idea of the sort of like theme you wanted to have uh, around it? Was it, you know, specifically focused on bands from the Midwest and then you started to kind of, you know, expand outward from there? Yeah, that was definitely the theme, like, um, especially the first, like, maybe like four years at least of the fest, it was extremely Midwest heavy. Um, and we were only getting, you know, just a small, small amount of bound bands from the coasts, you know, like uh, East Coast and Florida and West Coast and shit. But as like the fest got bigger every year, you know, a lot more of our friends are like, yo, like, what's this? What's what's Midwest Blood Fest? You know, what's this fest? You know, a lot of a lot more bands over the years were very interested in coming from the major cities to check it out and. You know, every time like a a bigger band from a coast would play, you know, they'd just be like, "Oh my god, this is just insane!" They'd be drawn to it, right? And, and do you think? Because I, I know just from my years of either attending fests or touring or whatever, it, it's always kind of the you know more uh, surprising places where it's like, "Whoa, you guys!" You know, there was three or four hundred kids at this show in a place that, you know, there clearly is a musical history, but you just weren't expecting the show to pop off like that. Was that kind of the vibe of people maybe not expecting a ton and then showing up and being like, wow, you you guys did something really cool here. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how it's always been for Louisville in general. People were always really surprised by shows here because you know, they kind of are just like, oh, Louisville, Kentucky, you know, like that's not going to be that crazy of a show. But, you know, a lot of people travel to come here for shows. The 
community has always been, you know, really strong here in general. So I feel like once the fest started going, especially, you know, it's just been just stronger every year. Right. And I'm sure this is something you guys think about as you start to, you know, plan each year, that idea of balancing the professionalism versus the, you know, DIY nature of stuff where it's like, like you were joking about where the idea that, oh yeah, we didn't have security for the first couple of years and that sort of stuff. Is that something that you guys are in constant dialogue about where it's like, okay, we want it to be bigger, but we don't want it to like lose control of it, so to speak. Or is that just something that you're kind of, you know, I guess keeping, keeping your eyes on. I guess. I mean, yeah, we've always been, we've always tried to keep, keep as true to yeah. DIY as possible, as possible. But that's kind of where Colin and Julia come in. You know, like, as the fest is built up, you know, the first year was like, I think like 200 people. But by the fifth year, it's like 800 people, you know, coming and you can only like, do so much with, you know, just a few people. Um, and Colin and Julia, they just have like a lot more, uh, experience with larger events and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So Colin, like Colin's brought a lot to the table mm-hmm. with just like making things a bit more professional for us where like we weren't just trying to do things how best we could, yeah. but Colin has a better eye for certain things like that. I will say we do keep it, DIY in the ways that in the punk ways that we want to in the like no barricade kind of ways like that but we at least have gone away from our you know shitty not professional ways that we I definitely mean, needed to grow out of yeah. that <laughs> to help us grow like, out we didn't of. we didn't even have insurance like using, yeah and like using people's like just like writing down people's names instead of having legit you know yeah like, we didn't even have insurance for the fest until last year. Yeah, last year was the first like year that. we would have like any sort of even insurance. Taking ourselves as seriously as other people do, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I completely empathize with what you're talking about because it's you know you don't know what you don't know, and until you're exposed to having the idea of like, oh yeah, like maybe we need to have, you know, a, a emergency technician on site, or maybe we need to have, like you said, insurance. It's like, these are things that are, you know, adult and grown up, but at the same time, like, yeah, you want to, you know, not only protect yourselves, but like you said, be more professional. So I, I totally get it. But it's just like, you know, that's not where your mind first goes, where it's like, all right, let's put on a fest. Rule number one: Let's get insurance. It's like what? No, that's not that's not exciting. Right, that makes a professional and DIY. It's kind of hard to find, but yeah, Yeah, totally. And so, because you uh, have watched it grow year over year and have seen these uh, changes, and you know not only the type of people that are interested in the fest, but you know the different types of bands. When do you feel like it kind of, you know, grew wings, so to speak, where more people were paying attention to it from a national perspective and, you know, naming it in uh, the same breath as like, you know, this is hardcore, sounded fury and that sort of stuff. Or maybe you don't even feel like you're there yet. But, you know, in my opinion, I'm putting words in your mouth. They are. (laughs) I would say it felt like maybe like the fourth year, like so every year it's grown massively from year to year. But I would say when we started getting compared to the other big fests, you know, and I mean, like, 
we're nef- we're definitely not like the exact same size as Sound and Fury, but like mm-hmm. we're definitely like brought up the same way. Just I think probably just because we're in a smaller location, you know, but we're still putting this massive fest together. But I mean, I would say like the fourth year was the year that I felt like I would start hearing people like mention our fest name amongst like FYA, which FYA and us started the same few months. I think like the first year of FYA and the first year of of our fest was like a month apart, yeah. like the very first year, but yeah, fourth year for sure. Nice. And I think too, I mean, I'm glad you brought up FYA because it does seem certain fests start to, uh, you know, assimilate a personality, whether it's like, okay, we're known as the reunion fest or like we're known as the, you know, younger up and coming bands or whatever. Everyone kind of has their own flavor and identity. What do you feel that, you know, LDB fest kind of contains as far as the, uh, what you guys are trying to get across? Is it still just like, Hey, the, the Midwest and we're giving some love here and this is like where we're going to take our first steps or is it something different? So for the longest time, at least, we definitely were supporting Midwest bands, a lot more Midwest bands. But I will say at least the one thing that we've always held to, even to this day, is we've never really had like a a big reunion band or anything like that. Like none of the years. Uh, we've It's always been current hard. Well, current hardcore, current metal now. You know, it was way more, more of a hardcore yeah. band, but now we're, a good, so we're a good strong mix. But yeah, it's always been current. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I mean, it is. It, it it's so interesting to see how these things kind of evolve, and you know, even though a fest may not intend to be something, all of a sudden, once they you know get one or two bands of a certain genre or ilk, then that's kind of the way. It's like, oh yeah, well that that fest does this, and it's like, well, yeah. that just happened to be for one year. Doesn't mean like that's the constant identity of it. So I understand what you're saying. Right. And to your point too, like kind of what you were just briefly hitting on Ryan, the idea that the fest has clearly expanded. I mean, you know, you, obviously I understand the reason why uh, you put on a festival so your own band can play. I'm just kidding. But like the, <laughs> the fest ran for like six years before any of my bands ever played. I've actually been in a band until like six years into the fest. Yeah. There you, we'll see. It's a, it's called a long con, Ryan, right? Yeah, like it's a long con. con. You're like, gosh, I can't wait to make this festival run for so many years and then eventually join a band. And then I'll start a band, right? Right. But to that point, just the idea that you are expanding beyond, you know, what is considered quote unquote traditional hardcore. um, Has that always kind of been something that you have aspired towards, but you just didn't, you know, feel like there was an appropriate opportunity until the last couple of years? Uh, I don't know. Or is that just accidental? <laughs> it might have just been accidental, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I and, and that's fair because I, especially too, where it's like you can never, when your friends start a band that all of a sudden is something amazing that, you know, maybe is tangentially related to hardcore, you'd be like, well, you're my friend. So I want to try to help you out and play the fest. And it makes sense. So you want to have something like that going on. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, so considering that both, uh, you know, of you have experience booking things beyond just, uh, the fest, what do you think attracts people to, uh, Louisville in general, as far as, you know, just 
popping through on tour and just kind of the the scene at large, I realize that may be a complicated question, but uh, what do you feel kind of gives Louisville its special flavor? Probably just the people here. I don't know. Hmm? Vegan food. I mean, there's a lot of good like places to eat in Louisville. There are a lot of good places to eat here, yeah. It's 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 also like we've always had a good run of venues here, like even like a good rotating venues. There's definitely That's a lot of cool people. spots. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty city. It's smaller, so it's like easier to get around. Uh, there's a lot of cool things to do. I mean, there's a lot of like really popular places in Louisville. Like we had Morels for years, and like people will travel outside of Louisville to come to Morels. And there's Vietnam Kitchen. People will travel outside of Louisville. And now Morel's is the flower shop, which is like a little vegan. And the spot. vegan, all the vegan yeah. jerky that's in Whole Foods from came from Morel's. You know. Absolutely, L- Louisville vegan jerky, man, the best. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely would say like food's pretty popular in Louisville, honestly. Like the food scene mm-hmm. and like the treats scene, the snack scene. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's it's the food. That's what you're telling me. I I like it. I, I mean, I, this is coming from a old human being who, you know, played a, a decent amount of shows there in the early 2000s, where it's like, there, like I mentioned, there's always this storied history of, you know, initial records and so much happening in Louisville. So like, I remember when I first played shows there in Louisville, it was like, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard that band cast from Eden, but like played a lot of shows with that band in Louisville. But I just always felt like there was this real for lack of a better term, homegrown nature to what it was you guys were doing because there was this, you know, you weren't going to have <clears throat> have the luxury of waiting around for, you know, like to build into a scene like New York or whatever, because it's like, dude, everyone comes through New York, but it's like Louisville, you kind of have to, you know, be a little more scrappy. Right. Yeah. Not as much comes through. So usually, you know, people are coming out to shows. Yeah. Even still now, I mean, like, even with like how big LDB is and like, how like well we had built up the scene for so many years like still gets it still gets pretty pretty overlooked because it's still Mm -hmm. considered a smaller market yeah compared to like some other cities so right sometimes yeah Yeah. so people yeah still definitely come out and people definitely still travel here from other cities nearby right 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 yeah you guys are kind of within a stone's throw to a lot of different scenes that people can you know join at one place and be able to you know see something especially when you have a fest where it's like all right cool like this is this is what we're doing here yeah um so for for both of you i'll I'll single both of you out in regards to the you know when you get to watch a band play a fest and i know that putting on festivals is very stressful and on very rare occasions do you actually get to watch any bands play because you're running around you know like a chicken with their head cut off because there's like nine million things to do but for each of you what would you say is kind of either a set or a band or a year or maybe just an experience where you felt like oh my gosh like this is either much bigger than i ever anticipated or this just felt like for lack of a better term more real to you Hmm. There's been a lot of sets over the last ten really years. Let's really um, try to think of something that really stood out where we were like, "Holy, holy shit!" Yeah, I, I was really, I did really feel like that during the fiddlehead set. I'll say 
Yeah, the Phil that headset really, 2019. Yeah, that one really got me. Um, that was a really good one. I would say, so, despite what happened with this band, I think Culture Abuse's set in 2019 was a that set was a where set. I was just like, holy fuck. Like, everyone was stage diving. People were jumping off the, like, we had, like, the double stack monitors and shit. Or, like, yeah, yeah. it was... Um, Twitching Tongues, the, the last time they played, what was, what was that, 2019? That was the same year as 2019, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Yeah. It is cool. And I, I'm sure you have this experience too, where, I mean, I know from like the years that I put on Sound and Fury, when I would have discussions with, uh, you know, my business partner, where we were kind of like planning set times and stuff like that, you always had those one or two bands where you put, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to put them in the middle of the day because we think that they can, you know, either like it's almost like a, a prove it spot where it's like, all right, here's, here's their chance. Like it could blow up for them or just kind of, you know, whatever. I mean, not, no shade against certain bands that maybe don't perform to their spot. Uh, are there certain, you know, conversations that you guys have when you're putting together uh, the lineup order? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're pretty meticulous about like how we try to put lineups together for like the day to days and such. And, even as far as catering to a single day, mm-hmm. you know, like when we're putting a lineup, like we'll have like in the pasts of putting the fest together, we've had like a metalcore day or like there was a year where like wrist meat razor, sea space cowboy, I think like foreign, like a bunch of those bands all played like in a row. And I just for like a year and a half, you would just hear everyone talking like, remember f- the, the crazy rock crazy, block yeah. and metalcore bands on right. a certain <laughs> okay. year and stuff like that. So we definitely like, yeah. We definitely try to like, you know, cater our our lineups uh, even to the day to days or like who's playing where and like whatnot. So try to think things through so people not like blow out energy from one band and another band set end up like dead because of it or something like that too. You know, kill someone's yeah. set because someone else's is too crazy right before or something. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely no more of a bummer time than you know, you watching the band playing before you and people are just absolutely yeah. killing each other. And right. you're just yeah. like, cool, cool. And then you try to put a soft band after something right. like that or yeah. something of a different vibe. Yeah. Everyone really needs to go up. outside and take a breath during your band. Yeah, yeah so. totally. Yeah. You got to have a little palate cleanser on the fest. Yeah. We definitely try to think about that stuff. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Cause I, I do, it, it is, I know this is like an absolute wretched word and like, many Instagram influencers use this, but it's like, you know, you're, you're curating vibes, so to speak, where it's like, you have to have a flow to the day. Otherwise it just, you know, like you said, it gets really punishing if you just have like seven of the same similar bands play right in a row and everyone's not feeling it. Right. That's true. Um, last question that I'll hit you with is the, um, you know, the idea that you guys are, uh, you know, doing it at the largest venue you ever have. And, you know, like you were talking about earlier, there's this, um, you know, there's the, the collective that's working on it is definitely, um, you know, everyone's bringing their own level of expertise to it now. Do you, um, yeah, I, I guess what's the, uh, the, the vision moving forward, like looking past this year, is it like you just want to kind of keep taking those incremental steps or is it just kind of like, hey, we just want this thing to run as long as humanly possible to, you know, kind of highlight what we have going on in Louisville? <laughs> I know it's a big question. I realize that. <laughs> I, 
I feel like we're kind of taking it a step at a time. Yeah, it's definitely been a step at a time with things. Especially like, kind of to see how this year goes. I would say especially for the last three previous lineups before, it was always like, okay, the fest is over. Holy shit. That was like the biggest thing we've ever done. And people were like, how the hell are you going to top this year? And we have did that three yeah. years in a row. And I even would say four years in a row with this year's lineup. Um, you know, every year it's like, how the hell are we going to do this again? Even bigger. It still happens bigger every year. I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure we're going to, you know, top out somewhere soon, but I will, I imagine we'll continue after, you know, keep doing this and, I don't know. I mean, we've never thought about stopping, really. Yeah, we haven't thought about stopping. Ten, yeah. We're at a decade, basically, yeah. now. Like, Right. Yeah, the thing year, is, is that's why yeah. we also got, you know, we got, like, a couple of people, you know, added to the fest to give it a better, you know, a different look on the lineups as well, because it will, that will help extend the life of the fest as far yeah. as, you know, freshness. Us can't keep going, you know. Yeah, we're we getting, you know. We can't make it that big, you know. We need extra help. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because then you guys are going to sell it to Live Nation, and then uh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, if they come, if they come at us with like you know five million dollars, like oh, well, you know, (laughs) yeah, you're like, I'm not going to close the door on them. (laughs) Yeah, and then you're going to be trying to get you know Gates of Hell on the uh, Live Nation festival, and they'll be like, yeah, you get one, you're one of twenty. Is that cool? Yeah, you can open for free. <laughs> uh, I, I did say that that was the last question, but the last thing that you just reminded me of is the idea that, uh, you know, once you're done with the festival, as far as like, you know, okay, we put it on, bands played, everyone was stoked. What do you do to like decompress and unplug from the clear amount of stress that it takes to put all this stuff together? So typically we usually sit at home for weeks on end, but now that I'm in a touring band, I'll be in Europe this year after the fest. I don't know. So I won't really get to decompress this year, but I'll be, yeah, just home alone decompressing, I guess. You'll you'll get to do what we normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Be smoking weed decompressing (laughs) in my normal way, I guess. Right, so you'll just Ryan will be attempting to smoke weed over in Europe because yeah, that's I'll be home actually decompressing. Yeah, I'll be jealous with all. I'll be jealous of that. Honestly, I mean, usually we hang, we like try to see our friends a lot after the fest. Yeah. We've gotten, we gotten a we got a cabin last year. I think actually after yeah, the typically fest, typically we usually try to do something big with friends. Yeah, like something fun. My birthday's right after the fest too, so yeah, we always try to just go do something fun and hang out. I am so incredibly excited to welcome a new sponsor of this podcast, and that is Bodie Leaf Coffee. They are an importer and roaster and coffee bar based here in Orange County. I was already familiar with them when they hit me up and they were like, hey, let's do a collaboration together. Let's work something out. And I was so excited because I got to go to their HQ, do a really cool coffee testing and be able to develop my own custom blend. Let me tell you, that was super exciting for me as a huge coffee drinker. But whether you're a home roaster or someone who enjoys craft coffee or a person just looking for an incredible cup of coffee in the morning, that is where Bodie Leaf Coffee comes into play. 
And I am here to give you a 15% discount on one of their roasted coffee subscriptions using the code 100wordspod. Trust me in saying this is some of the best coffee that I've ever consumed in my life. And it ships free. In subscriptions, you can cancel it anytime. So it's super easy to dip in and out if you are like overflowing with beans, which sometimes happens to me because I personally go pretty haywire. But on top of all of that is the fact that you can purchase the 100 Words Blend, which has been curated by myself. It's so, so cool. You can dip into that. You can do the subscriptions. You can taste all of the abundance that Bodhi Leaf Coffee has in store for you. So trust me in saying that this is some of the best coffee you'll ever taste, and I, uh, I'll i take you out for a cup of coffee if you don't agree. <laughs> but go to BodhiLeafCoffee.com, use the promo code 100Words, pod and that will give you 15% off of your subscription and you will enjoy it. I know you will. So thank you very much, Bodhi Leaf, to a fruitful and beneficial relationship for the both of us. And now here's Colin. What I find interesting about the fest and honestly, my own personal obsession uh, with Louisville for as long as I've been aware of independent music is that it's always seemed like this very self-serving community. And I know that might be obvious to say to a person like you who's like, yeah, that, that is what Louisville is. But what do you think kind of, I guess, gives Louisville and, you know, the the scene at large the ability to kind of do these things, you know, either on your own and then all of a sudden have people kind of start to pay attention to it as it gets, you know, a little bit larger over time? Um I'm sure you've kind of noticed that not in specifically in regards to the fest. It's weird because like, I, I think, I think the first time I came to Louisville was 2015, 2016. Um, I want to say it was for the fest at the time. Uh, I, I made a bunch of friends that like through, you know, just tour, like them touring through Long Island or them touring through kind of where, you know, wherever meeting them across the country at some point. And then, I had a lot of friends that were playing that year uh, and I kind of took the trip out uh, and I stayed with uh, Isaac from Knock Loose at the time and just was kind of like, okay, cool. This will be fun, you know? Uh, and uh, our friend Eric, who is from here originally, but now he lives in Brooklyn and he's a graphic designer. I want to say for like Calvin Klein or some, some, some big company, you know? Right. Um, and we kind of took the trip together out and then uh, we rode back with them because uh, they were playing Brooklyn the next day, I want to say. And it was like a, like, you know, the, the 14 hour drive that you, you see on a routing. And you're like, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> right. um, and it was like the start of tour. Uh, and I just remember coming and just being like, there are people I know from everywhere here uh, and everyone's just having a good time. There's really like no, no bullshit, you know, no egos. Um, and the kind of the more time I spent, I feel like you kind of realize like you kind of can't have that here. <laughs> um, it's not, I don't want to say it's because of where you're at, you know, physically on like the map, but it's like people don't come through here unless they, they need to, <laughs> you know, you're not hitting, you're hitting New York, you're hitting Chicago, you're hitting all the, the cool places, but like you're, you're coming through because, oh, it's a Tuesday and we need somewhere to play, <laughs> you know? Um, but there's people here that are really, really care and they're really, really excited and they feel just good about everything. You know, it's like they want to be a part of it. Like, I don't know if you know Tyler at all who sings an inclination, um, mm-hmm. but he just like, d- the dude is just, 
we were making we were kind of cracking jokes the other day because uh, an article came up he did a couple years back, and it started off like. Tyler missed a hardcore show on a Tuesday at Spinelli's, you know, um, for like the local paper. <laughs> sure. and like, you know, anyone who knows Tyler knows like he's moshing to every single band. He needs coming straight from his job and then going back to his job after the show. He's just a psycho, you know, right. um, they just, the people just really care. Um, and I think that kind of, I don't know if it sets, you know, for a well, good show. Cause there could be, there could be 10 people there, but if everyone cares, you know, it's still that's, a good show. Totally. And that's all, I mean, honestly, that's all that really matters. And I, I think the, I mean, to your point, like the location of bands coming through, it's like always that element of, you know, it's like, do we hit, you know, Louisville, Nashville, do we hit, you know, Little Rock? Or like, there's always these. Little Rock is awesome now too. There's a bunch of dudes there that are like, <laughs> right. Know, I, I, I toured through there like probably like five or six, seven years ago. And I, I met this dude, Evan, and like, He's doing that uh, banging in the rock fest now, you know, and it's like, I think there would have been a fest in Arkansas 10 years ago, you know, like totally. It's all just like people like really putting in the time and work and, you know, probably some of it is self-serving where they don't want to drive two to three hours to either the next biggest city, you know, but like it, there's a, there's a part of it where it's like, okay, you know, I mean, to be frank, like that's why when, when we moved here, like we started booking shows because I don't want to drive to Nashville. Right. I don't want to drive to Chicago. Like, you know, I don't want to do it in our backyard. Right. Even Cincinnati, you know, it's like, it's, a, it's an hour and a half drive, but like you're leaving your house, you know, 435, like I'm probably answering emails on the drive up and then I'm getting home at two, three in the morning, regardless. Cause you know, I can't just leave a show. I need to say goodbye. <laughs> so yeah. unfortunate, unfortunately who I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head as far as just the people putting in the work. And I know that sounds so, um, I guess intuitive to people like you and I, but it, it does take that it just the, not only the fostering of the scene in general, like you said, you know, a person like Tyler, just, you know, moshing every band or whatever, but like you need people that are putting on the shows and obviously starting bands and just like building that community with however they want to, whether it is, you know, playing in a band or more behind the scenes stuff, you have to have all of those things working together. Yeah. I mean, I feel like also it's like, there's a level of, I mean, it's really different now, especially like when I start first started like being involved and booking shows, it's like it's over 10 years ago now, you know? Uh, and yeah. I was just, kind of running the door and doing things like that and just kind of soaking it up and taking it all in. Um, but like, it's a different climate now too. Like so many bands have agents, whether they should or they, they're not, you know, like it's just like, Hey, like we need this to make this happen, you know? And it's like, okay. But like, <laughs> is that realistic? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't, you know? Um, yeah. And that can be, I feel like it's intimidating for younger people now too, to even like kind of get, get their foot. Cause it's like, I'm sending to, you know, whoever at whatever.com instead of just like shooting a, a message on Facebook. And like, it helps that like, I've had a lot of these relationships from like years of just kind of either existing or touring or managing or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So it's like, we can have those conversations about this isn't realistic, but like, let's just, let's do this. You know, um, this will be a good time. And like, I, I did a show last year here for, drug church, you know? Uh, and Dave from Jesus Peace hit me up. I was like, Hey, we're playing furnace fest. Like I think you could help us with the show. And I was like, well, I have this other show 
do you guys want to play? You know? And it's like, well, he's like, we're going to have to talk to our agent and make sure this is all cool. And I was like, dude, it's like, it's there if you want it. Like, just let me know, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's different now. <laughs> um, and to either for better or worse, you know, like you can say, but like, I think it's, it's cool that we're all at a level now where it's like, if you want to do something, you really can, you know? And that's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, no, that's really cool. When did, uh, have you gone to the entirety of, you know, LDB Fest as far as like since its inception or when did you first kind of, I guess, when did that come on your radar? I got to look up the lineup, but I want to say I wanted to go when it was, it was called Midwest Blood, uh, for quite a long time. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. For some, some associations with people that, we not waste our breath on at the current moment, you know, understood um, completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the name was changed. Uh, so Tyler who sings in the band inclination and his wonderful partner, Ashton, they run uh, LDB records. And it kind of was just a really spur of the moment decision. Like two weeks before the fest things, things had to change. <laughs> um, so it kind of inherited that, but I want to say it was two. Th- it's gotta be 2015 or 2016. Um, I don't really remember. Uh, sure really at this point because i feel like it's it's all kind of a blur yeah it all it all it, <laughs> it, it all just cold- years since you know and it was like at that point in time it was like in a, sp- a place that was called the cure lounge uh i remember that the you know it just was like a, a hallway in the back of, a, of a, a restaurant you know that were there were probably way too many people stuffed in there I remember there was issues with the pipes, like everything that could go wrong went wrong. It felt like that weekend, but everyone had a good time. <laughs> you right. know, um, so the, the year before did, that, it was like, I saw videos, I saw some friends going and I was like, I'd like to go to that, you know? Um, got it. Got it. I, I think that and was you, really put it on my radar. Got it. And so you, you came down from the East coast specifically to, uh, you know, yeah, check out the I, mean, I was probably the only person at that point in time. Cause I, I think <laughs> at that point in time, like, and I'm sure you're from California. You can kind of speak on it. It's like you kind of stick in your, your circles and your, your kind of clicks and like, Oh, what is this weird thing happening in the center of the country? Why am I going to Kentucky? And I see it every year, you know, now. Um, and it's like people tweet stuff like that and say that, but like everyone has a great time. And I think that's kind of what it was like. There's something here, you know, and like the more time I, I clearly I spent here, the more friendships and kind of roots and, you know, you just, you just really think, you know, it's like, there's something, there's something special about all this at the end of the day. Right. And I, I do think that point you made of being attracted to it, like, you know, you, like you said, you see videos or whatever, and you're like, oh, that would be interesting. And then you go there and you experience a little bit of the city, you experience, you know, a lot of the bands. And then, like you said, you make friends and it just, it becomes that destination that you look forward to year after year. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that, once you started to go back, you know, subsequent years, did you, you notice other people kind of feeling that momentum too? Yeah. I mean, I'd say for like a long time, I felt like I was one of the few people from the East coast taking the trip. There's always be like a band or two from Richmond, you know, or like the, you know, the Northeast, but it was never like people were traveling to it, you know? Um, And I feel like it really, it really was like, 2019 i think it was everyone was like at the first first year at the skate park everyone was like whoa this is this is cool you know um i want to say that was the first year sam from triple b came to uh and it just like there was just something that just you know like 
you could you could kind of see it happening before your own eyes because it's like it's, you're in a skate park, you know, like merch is set up in like this half pipe, like you're like, but there's a stage, you know. So it's just it's all this these kind of weird different elements. Like this is clearly a DIY operation, but like it's running at a, like a professional ish level, you know. It's like mm-hmm. things weren't on time necessarily, <laughs> and like things like that. But like you were like this something's kind of happening here, and you can kind of see it. Um, and then 2020 was when clearly the world shut down. Um, but like it was the knock loose played a surprise set. The video of hands of God just was like in drain or just everywhere. You know, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing them. <laughs> um, right. I feel like it was just like, and as the pandemic went on, like, I, I don't know, people just really reacted. And I think they felt like this is something that they were missing, you know? Um, clearly sure. because no one was going to shows, but like also like they're like this is cool. Like the the energy is just there, and right? That, that's again like if you can if you can set a vibe, you can kind of do anything. Yeah, no, I I I agree, and it definitely it it feels like especially when you're coming at a festival with a a point of view, whether it's like okay, every year we're trying to summarize what's happening within punk or hardcore, or it's like oh we're trying to summarize what this area is all about, and I think that's what in my mind, just from an outsider's perspective, that's what the fest has concentrated on where it's like, yes, we're really focused on the Midwest and the surrounding areas. We'll obviously welcome bands from all sides of the coast or whatever, but it seems to really take pride in the, uh, for lack of a better term, homegrown nature. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the bands that have played and like, I know we spoke about this before when we actually met, it was like, they, uh, it's like foreign hands played the fest, you know, in 20, 2019 or 2020, I had no involvement at that point in time, you know, but it was like something you could tell something was happening there. And that, that's a band that like, I've known all those dudes for a really long time. And it was like, Oh, like it's, it's, you know, not to say they were a bad band, you know, it's like, I think they were great, but I just, they kind of came into their own in that moment, you know, and have only since like really, really developed more and more into like who they are as a band, who they are as people, um, and there's a lot, you know, there's countless other bands like Drain played in 2020, you know, and it was like Drain is really just getting their start at that point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like they've done a couple DIY tours. I think they, they, you know, I want to say they actually played the skate park that you know, six months before, maybe, you know, I could be wrong, you know, but, uh, I feel like it's just be, you know, and I tried to do the same thing when I, when I was brought into the mix where it was like, how do we kind of keep that energy that like, you know, grow <laughs> because it's like, how many times can you sell out that skate park, you know, before you have to go to the next spot? And like, we, we actually, the skate park no longer exists. Um, and so th- there's that layer of it too, but you know, how do we keep growing and growing and growing and kind of not lose who we are, which I think is the challenge. <laughs> um, because at a certain point, how many people, you know, can you really welcome into a space that all are kind of like-minded? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you want to, you want to always have that sort of rough edge where it feels like at any point, you know, this thing can fall apart. (laughs) But at the same time, you obviously want to make sure that everybody, like you said, feels welcome, safe, whatever the case may be. It's like you want to balance both sides of that spectrum. Yeah. I feel like in like, we had this conversation a lot this year, Joey, who like handles a lot of the production stuff, you know, for us, like we were talking, it's like, we're getting a quote for a barricade, but not a barricade for the stage, but like t- to protect equipment at this point, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Totally. It's, it's, it's like, so like funny and backwards in a way. Cause it's like, 
not that we're not worried about those things, but it's like we're at a scale where it's like you break a speaker, like yeah, someone has to pay for that that's, somewhere. Uh, that's that's a pretty penny. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, with the fact, like you were mentioning, you know, in in 2019, you felt like it it kind of got more on the national radar, as it were. You know, prior to that when, you know, the, the fest was, you know, smaller and more, you know, maybe focused on those particular regions and obviously just bringing up bands from, you know, Louisville and the surrounding areas, what, uh, what sets kind of like maybe stuck out to you from the past, like prior to 2019, or it can even be 2019, like you just mentioned that, you know, kind of impressed you where it was just like, oh man, I felt like this was this band's coming out party. And it doesn't mean that they had to like all of a sudden explode to, you know, national stardom or anything but just like these those those fest sets that you really look back and fondly yeah i remember the uh the god's hate set i want to say that that was probably 2019 no Mm -hmm. no, it was 2018 it was still still at the the kira lounge and that year it was like god's hate uh division of mind and uh i forget who else played i mean i probably should have this in front of me (laughs) but i just remember being like oh like bands from not just this region are now making it a point to come here and play this, you know, and like God's hate, like they're not a full-time band. They'll never be a full-time band, you know, but the fact that they were willing to, you know, I think at that point in time, like flights are probably significantly cheaper to, you know, to like spend the weekend here, you know, and just kind of do that and play and just have, you know, really, I'm sure they had no expectation of it. And just having such a good time that, you know, Talk, talking to all of them, you know, years later, it's like last year we had them play and it was like, you know, it was, it was a bit of a challenge because everyone's got so much stuff going on. It's like, what do we need to do to make this happen? And they're like, we'll do whatever we can to make this happen. We want to come back, you know? Um, and I, the Twitching Tongue set, uh, which I think is the last time they actually played uh, in, that was 2019, you know, it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, I bugged I bugged Colin Taylor a hundred times, like to try and get him to play this year. You know, sure. uh, and it's just like, dude, like there's just the energy at that point. It was just like, what is going on? You know, beautiful one, same thing. It's like, is the band not from here? Right. They don't really. They didn't, weren't even playing it pretty much. I think at that point in time, and they played, and the set was insane. Um, culture abuse. You know, it, you just started to see these bands. I think from the coasts kind of come in and just like. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> it, right. We may have skipped over this part of the country when we do our, our you know, like fly-ins were the thing, really, I'd say. Like, and I think it, it still is. Like, the really there aren't a lot of bands that tour. Like Pain and Truth, I feel like it's always hitting it hard. Combust, I know, just did like a 35-day tour, you know, last year, but it's like a lot of bands just started doing flying in and flying out. Um, and so when you're doing that, you're not really planning to play places like Ohio. Kentucky and Nashville, you know, like yeah, you're, you're playing like, oh, let me do Portland, Seattle, and maybe the Bay, you know, or let's do Florida, or you know, New York, New Jersey, Philly, um, Massachusetts, whatever, whatever it is. Um, like I, I, you know, I grew up <laughs> seeing bands just play Long Island, Philly, and Boston, you know, and that that was their weekend. Totally, um, and and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I think it, it kind of created like kids are like, I want to see these bands and I don't want to have to drive 15 hours. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, and, and to your point too, it does make it, 
special for you know a band like you said that isn't full time is just basically being like, all right, well, you're only going to release it at a fest, so why not you know <laughs> why not come to you know Louisville to be able to watch us? And so yeah, it does make it very special. Would would you say uh, or what would you say is the most uh, I guess often ignored thing in regards to either putting on a show from your experience or obviously the festival experience of putting that on, like what would be something that you would share with a person who obviously doesn't have that experience would be surprised at the amount of time and effort that goes into just making sure that everyone is happy, whether it's an attendee or a band. I mean, like people, people will always find something to complain about no matter how much work and effort you put into it. You know, I like last year we, the bathroom situation probably wasn't ideal, but we were, we, you know, we brought in porta potties and people complained about the porta potties. I know Sound and Fury this year they uh, they went and they got the uh, like the trailer porta potties, and I was like, cool. Well, you know what? We have to do that this year because that's that's kind of the expectation. You know, no one sure. wants to use it, and it's like we have a full bathroom, but like maybe you know you're backstage and you don't want to have to run all the way around. You know, just yep. try to make people's lives easier. Um, I think that that's one thing. And then like the, the long hours that go into it, uh, prior and after like shows done, you're, you're not leaving. <laughs> you're right. breaking everything down. And like this year we've gotten really two full days of prep because we're going to need it, you know? Um, hopefully we won't need anything on Friday, but we have that time if we need as well. Um, and it's just like a lot of planning and just, going back and forth and sometimes you're dealing with people who don't care. They don't know anything, you know, and you're like, Hey, we're going to need this. And they go, what's that? Right. You know, like we had a conversation about power needs and thankfully like Joey, who does all our production, he's worked on the electrical in the building we're using, you know? So he's like, don't worry. It'll be sorted. You know, but the person you're talking to, they're like, I don't know what this kind of circuit is. I don't know what it is either, you know? Totally, uh, totally. But it's just like the amount of, you know, it, it takes a village at the end of the day. And it's like, whether it's people who are working, you know, 12 months out of the year on it, or people who are there helping set up chairs and tables and, you know, breaking down. It's like, it's, it's not, I mean, you can probably book a show by yourself, but you still are going to need help. You're going to need someone around sound. You're going to need, you know, help running the door and like, there's there's always something that can be done, I guess is really like kind of at the core of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally, I totally hear that. The, um, the last thing I wanted to hit you with was the idea of, you know, we've been talking about Louisville and your experience within that city. Do you, and I know this is probably maybe a difficult thing for you to answer, but what do you think makes uh, that city so, uh, I guess, special and vibrant because clearly it's, you know, still an important part of the punk and hardcore community. And it has been for 20 plus years. And that's something that's pretty unique. So in your opinion, what kind of, you know, keeps either things rolling or what makes the city special in your opinion? There's definitely a lot of layers to it. And something like we've all talked about as friends and like, you know, like when we're even doing the fest and talking about it, it's like, how do we really like, you know, the location this year, it's in an industrial area. It's not, in the city technically, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, we, no one, you know, like there's, there's live nation, there's all the big people, you know, but they like, 
they don't do shows, they do concerts, you know? Um, and there really isn't anyone here to, you know, do it. And so you have to do it yourself. Uh, and the spaces are limited. Like everything about it is just like, it's the city is here. It's got a lot of cool shops and restaurants and things like that. And people who are like engaged in the culture, but there just isn't the space for it, which is, it's weird when you think about it, you know? Um, and we, we just like kind of have to like mold it, you know, like and do whatever, whatever we can to really make it happen. Right. Uh, and I think that's kind of, you know, I can't speak to it, you know, prior to really the first time I came here, but like they're doing shows in a pizza, sh- pizza shop here for probably seven or eight years, you know, like there, there's a sign, there was a sign that said, don't mosh into the pizza warmer, you know, right. I've seen people throw a spin kick and then hit the soda machine and get all their leg covered in Sierra mist. You know, it's just like, you just have to make the space. And I think you need to have the people that are willing to, but because everyone is again, putting in that work together, it's, it's special. You know, people feel like a kinship to each other. They're like, they're all a part of it. Like we just started a YouTube channel for all the shows here, you know? And it's like, we have Eric Easterday who, you know, he's toured with a, a million bands. He's, he works for Gojira now, you know, and it's like on his free time, he's shooting the shows and editing them. We've got another group of kids that are like recording the audio and mixing and mastering it. <laughs> um, there's another group of kids that have like set up a discord to really help get like the younger kids involved that like, cause there's, there's a big like community here that just doesn't even know what's going on. They don't use social media surprisingly somehow. I think they're all probably, you know, in like high school or on TikTok, but like they're there. We just need to figure out how to get them engaged and excited. And I think like having a group of people that like collectively all kind of are like, we want shows to be cool because we want to have a good time rather than I want to take credit for this or I want to take credit for that. You know, it's like a, a common goal to like grow everything together. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And it, it I think it, that's why people are, it feels like it's reaching a critical mass where a lot of people are now, like we talked about at the beginning, planning on this, looking forward to this. And, you know, it's just going to hopefully keep continuing to not grow where it becomes out of control for you guys, but it's just, it's, you're able to. It feels like that sometimes a little sure, bit. Sure. You know? I, I can imagine. <laughs> um, it's just like, I, I was having the conversation probably like a week or two ago with, Fred who works over at Twitch because we're, we're doing that again this year, you know? And it's just like, he's reading off some of the stats and I was just like, what? Right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you were an internal use case for something. I was like, this is crazy. We literally plugged in a camera and we're adjusting audio on the fly when people would complain in the comments, you know? Um, it's, it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> we'll do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You know? And it's just like, so, like sometimes it's just over my head even you know and it's like i spend i spend my days so involved in like every you know, everything that's going on like you know either culturally or like just on the level of like how does a band tour you know and it's like how do we make this work and i think that's kind of like the bottom line it's like how do you make it work for everyone where it's fun and just, you can have a good time yeah um, and it's just like I think I, I sit at night thinking about like, how do I make this easier? <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, and I, I know from like when you've done it before too, it's like, Oh, how do how do I, how do we make sure we don't run an hour and a half late with 15 bands? <laughs> yep. It's like, 
headset. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, you, you have to do, you have to get a stage manager and all these things that yet, like you said, you wouldn't have considered at one point, but it's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, you just learn by doing Last year I was tracking the audio for, you know, for Sonny and it was like, well, also running the fest and we had, you know, like Julia Ryan and Alex also doing all this stuff too. But it's like, someone sees you first, they're going to come to you. <laughs> it doesn't matter who they're looking for. And you're like, uh, well, let me, let me make sure this is good to go, you know? And like, uh, it's just, you can't be in 17 places at once. And that's something I've had to learn, you know, as well. <laughs> yep. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing your point of view on the fest. And I'm very excited to obviously see it firsthand there. So, uh, yeah, it's thanks. Be awesome. Thank you again for, you know, taking the time to talk to all of us and, you know, like really just even, even coming out. I know you said you have such a, uh, you know, a love of the city, but it's like, I, I made the joke to someone else. I was like, you know, it's like, it's, it's weird that like I've gotten texts and calls from like people that I, I you know, like I work with on my day job and it's like, yeah, I'm coming to this or, Hey, can you like help us out and get us in? You know, it's sold out. This is crazy. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to come from LA or New York, you know, to like cover this. And they're like, yeah, I, I can't miss it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you're like, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Like, I think it's going to be really special this year and like big, big shout out to like, you know, not loose for, you know, I think without them, this whole, the city wouldn't be where it is at the end of the day, you know? And like, we can, we can all really like, say like they brought so many people in locally, but you know, I think on like the larger scale too, it's like being able to really like help progress everything. It's like, it's insane. <laughs> um, totally. No, it's we, super, you know, super we, cool. we did a record release show in tw- crazy 2019, um, you know, and it's like headliners is like one of the local venues here that like, they don't do, you know, we did the show there and it's like indecision played. I don't know if anyone there besides, you know, some of the bands playing and myself and a couple other people were like indecision. Like I'm, I'm in the pit, you know, like right. <laughs> I'm having a great time. And it's like being able to have a band that's so important and like puts on for not just themselves, but the city and the culture as a whole. Like I think that they, we, we owe a lot to them as well. You know what time it is. It's rockabilia time and rockabilia time is where you go to rockabilly.com and use the promo code 100 words or less, and it gets you 10% off of your entire order of officially licensed band merch that you need in your life. You want to you talk about a, a limited edition typo negative shirt and long sleeve? Yeah, they got it. You want to talk about like, you know, a Grateful Dead sweater? Yeah, they got it. How about Misfits, Beatles, Bring Me the Horizon? It is a wide variety of artists, but they bring them all together, make it very convenient for you to shop for all of the gift needs or for yourself for that matter. Independently owned and operated, ships it to you directly from the Midwest in their offices in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I love what they do. It's all official license. That means the bands get paid. Everybody wins in this scenario. So again, use the promo code 100 words or less, rockabilia.com, and enjoy all of the fruits of the merch boutique that they have accumulated there. So check it out, rockabilly.com. And last, but certainly not least, here is Julia. Being from Southern California, I've always really been fascinated with Louisville ever since I started to get into punk and hardcore in the mid nineties and was like, what? Like there's so much activity there. (laughs) Like, and it was so interesting and inspiring to watch it from afar. And the fact that the scene still is 
recognize not only here in the States, but like internationally where people are like, oh yeah, that's where bands come from and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure you've kind of thought about this and had discussions with people and I don't expect a clean answer for this, but (laughs) what do you think kind of makes Louisville special from that perspective? Honestly, I would have to say it is the people that live here. I've, so I'm not from Louisville originally. I'm from New York. I'm from upstate New York, actually. Um, And I moved to Louisville in the middle of 2020. And I have never been more welcomed and felt welcomed with a group of people so quickly in my entire life. They're some of the nicest people that you've ever met. And I think that kind of radiates through, I guess you could call it the the generations of, of bands in this scene and in this area. Everyone is still super close, even with the people that were in the bands from like the early 2000s up until, you know, mid 2000s, all the way until now. All of the young kids that come out, we make sure that they feel really, really welcome so that they're more excited to start new bands and stuff as well. I think it's just an extremely welcoming and, you know, uplifting environment that that creates a lot of positivity and creativity. Right. And I, something you said in there triggered that idea of what I was trying to articulate of just the bands. I mean, as far as the styles of music, they all, you know, can be loosely contained within the punk and hardcore environment, but they, there is this reverence for what has came before. Like there's always that, even if a band has no connection to, you know, drawing a straight line between like knocked loose and like Elliot and falling forward, like, you know, like <laughs> sonically, there's no, there's no similarities, but the fact that there's always that prism of looking back for being like, this is, you know, homegrown within Louisville and this is what makes it special. So therefore it should be Absolutely. not only brought up and supported, but then to your point, just like that, there's always that encouragement to do more. Yeah, definitely. It all, it all falls under, you know, that, Louisville hardcore umbrella, regardless of what the sound is, all of those people are are in it together and they're in it for the same the same reasons. Right, right, which is cool. And I'm sure for you, like you're mentioning, you know, I, I knew that you were did not were not born and raised within Louisville, but <laughs> I, I do think it's that it's that weird pull that like once you experience you know a scene or a city and i mean usually they go together for obvious reasons but just that idea that once you experience it you kind of like get let into either a secret or just like wow this is really cool here i presume that was kind of your vibe when you first started to visit oh absolutely i mean i've been coming to louisville for shows and for ldb since i want to say 2017 which in hindsight not that long but it definitely did kind of feel like I was, I was led into like this, you know, secret special place within, you know, the hardcore scene within the community. Um, it was magnetizing and I wanted to come back as often as I could. So when I got the opportunity to move here, I kind of just jumped at it. And I'm very, very thankful that I did because we've kind of helped blossom and grow this scene as well. So it's, it's a really special thing to, you know, be able to join and then give back to that. Right. And when do you, when did the fest, I guess, first kind of come on your radar? I presume just, you know, obviously existing on social media and maybe seeing videos and stuff like that. Or when did you, I guess, get introduced to it? 
the first year that I went to the fest was in 2018. Um, my partner and I uh, had a lot of friends, bands that were playing. So we, we traveled down for, for the weekend for that. I want to say it was one of the years that Knocked Loose headlined. It was one of the first Inclination shows. Um, so it was like a very special lineup, lots of friends. And that was, you know, my, my introduction to the fest. Haven't missed a single year since. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> and because of your experience, I know, you know, traveling with other bands and seeing how either other festivals work or, you know, different scenes work, um, you know, specifically with the fest, as you started to, you know, go to it and then have a helping hand and put it together. Uh, what kind of, I guess, surprised you as you started to, you know, dig into the behind the scenes stuff with the fest? There's a lot in, you know, the back end that people don't really think about, um, you know, a lot of logistics that, that go into it, whether it is, you know, how tall to build the stage, how wide to build a stage, you know, porta potties, food, drinks, whether or not there's going to be reentry. A lot of those, like, I want to say left brain logistics that you don't really want to have to worry about are honestly the most important aspects of putting a fest together. Right. Someone has to worry. Yeah, it's true. Like some of that, I wrote one of the, because I, for a few years, I did Sound and Fury uh, with- Okay, uh, so a, yeah, a, you obviously know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. And I always, like, I remember after the first year doing it, which was 2010, basically the year the, the motorcycle drove into our venue. And yeah, that was super mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Post, post-traumatic stress <laughs> on that one. I remember hearing about that. Of yeah. course. Yeah, it's beautiful. But I remember the sort of, you know, recap meeting that we did after the fest was over. What, yeah, yeah, of course, there was a lot of like random details that we didn't know. But then just the, like, this seems so basic in retrospect, where we didn't have any sort of on-site first aid or like an EMT. The... um you know, people who ran the fairgrounds that we did the festival at were like, yeah, so the ambulance got called like 80 times. <laughs> just like, oh, and from the simplest of things of like, you know, a kid spraining their ankle in the pit or something, they didn't have any recourse. So they were just like, oh, I guess I need, you know, I need like actual medical attention. Yeah. And so, but yeah, to your point, it's like, it's those little details where it's like, do we have 10 porta potties or like 20? It's just all those things you're like, oh yeah, someone has to care about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, I think, the, the part that I've expected the least, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> What's, uh, I guess, on the flip side, what were something that you expected to do that maybe you didn't uh, think you would enjoy as much as you did? Hmm. Honestly, this is going to sound really weird, uh, but I spent a majority of the actual fest weekend last year uh, running back and forth between the front of the venue and the back of the venue, refilling all of the stage waters, drinks, snacks, everything in the green room. Um, I probably walked about four miles in one day, just doing that alone. Sure. But (laughs) I did, I think more so than most of the people that we had working the fest or, you know, Colin who was stuck up in the sound booth mixing all day. Um, I got a chance to actually feel the vibe of the fest while it was happening. And while I was running back and forth and being able to, you know, kind of pick up people's conversations about, you know, bands that they were excited to see and like how they were enjoying themselves. It was a very rewarding 
experience, I guess, just being able to kind of sit in the middle of all of that while it's happening and while I'm, you know, doing my little tasks for to make sure that the fest runs smoothly. But I also get to kind of chime in and, and listen to the fact that people are really having a good time, which was really special. That is, yeah, that idea of being able to experience the actual feedback, you know, pop up, maybe positive and negative where people, you can hear some complaints or what have you, but just the idea of being, you know, in the mix that that's cool to get that sort of feedback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) When, uh, something I know that a lot of people pay attention to, whether they're, you know, super nerd logistic planning people like yourself and I who have, you know, taken a part of the behind the scenes stuff, but it always, it always feels like there's that, you know, set or two that sticks out, whether it's like, feels like a, a band is, you know, making a name for themselves, whether it's, you know, within a scene or whether it's with some sort of national attention. Um, I'm sure that there are those sets that stand out to you. Uh, you know, when I say that, what kind of, what images or bands kind of trigger in your head? Um, so I actually just posted this on, uh, my Instagram story today because I got a reminder, uh, from four years ago. Um, but the, the beautiful one set, uh, from LDB 2019, um, that was one of my favorite LDB sets that I've ever witnessed, um, that, and also the, uh, Koyo set from last year was super, super special, but that was also because we broke like a massive number of viewers on uh, the Twitch stream, which was the first year that we had done um, anything with Twitch. So that was like a super kind of special milestone for everyone. We're watching, you know, all of our friends from New York play this awesome set to a bunch of people. And we're just watching, you know, the viewers on the Twitch homepage go up and up and up and up. It was like super surreal and very, very special. That's really I I do love that idea like especially like I know when you guys had that the partnership with Twitch and just being able to have people participate and see this thing that you know is of course exciting to watch you know people doing stage dives and stuff like that but just you feel like you are really let into this like hey here's a snapshot of what we did at this festival Exactly Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um and for you kind of personally, you know, understanding all of the, you know, logistics and moving parts, you know, better than you did last year, or, you know, just as an observer the year before, um, what was, uh, if you were to, you know, point to something, you know, whether it's a silly mistake, and this isn't like to embarrass you by any stretch of the imagination, but just like, oh, like, I, I, we should have done this or we should have done that in regard, even if it's, oh, maybe we should have had Gatorade instead of water, (laughs) like all of that sort of, you know, really intimate detail stuff. Like, is there anything that sticks out when I talk about that? Um, so the first one would be to get those, um, like the fancy porta potties that, um, (laughs) oh, sure. The ones, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The like nice ones that are, um, on like a, a truck bed that have like the actual stalls inside yep. those instead of like the crappy ones, because we, the venue that we had them in last year, uh, we had everything kind of lined up in this like garage door area. So it got a little smelly after a while. <laughs> sure. Sure. 
you know, not the best. Um, and then the other big thing would be to hire our own security and go through like a third party company and vet all of the security guards. Um, not that we had like a huge issue with it last year. Um, security guards didn't like mess with anybody or anything, but the getting people into the fest and then having that like re-entry to no re-entry rule with, with the security that we had last year was a nightmare, mostly for myself because I was the one that had to deal with it the entire time. <laughs> but we have talked about that and we're planning on, um, vetting the security before that. So that hopefully will not be an issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, I mean, security is such an interesting thing when you're talking about, like clearly there has to be, you know, people making sure that, you know, kids, children, because usually that's who are maybe doing stupid things, whether it's you know, vandalizing something or whatever. It's like, you need to have that protection there, but at the same time, they also need to know what is up with our particular scene as opposed to just like, should exactly. they be, yeah, yeah should they be they jumping on people's heads? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think that that, that is something that your typical showgoer doesn't, either think about or experience they're used to, you know, the security guards they see at their local venue or whatever that may have some of a context for yeah, what it is that that's happening. Or, you know, the, the barricade four feet from the stage with the, the security guards in between. So, you know, the, the idea of impending doom or, or breaking somebody's gear or falling off the stage and getting hurt isn't really in people's minds that prevalently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Would would you say that um, as far as your you know experience is concerned, like you were talking about, where running around and uh, you know resupplying the green rooms and you know kind of getting to mix it up with people? Uh, when did you, I guess, notice the the fest becoming? Uh, whether it was bigger from obviously a ticket sales perspective, but when did you notice kind of like? oh, people seem to be traveling for this. And like, I just met a person from, you know, whatever, Seattle or something that tr traveled very far to get here. Uh, when did you, I guess, kind of recognize or notice that? Um, I mean, people have definitely been traveling for the fest since, you know, before I had a, a hand in actually putting the fest on. Um, it was always the time of year where I knew that I would see a lot of my friends from like all across the country. And it would be a weekend that everyone was really excited for. But over, I want to say the past two years, especially more so this year, um, I've gotten a lot of emails from people internationally, like asking information about the fest or, you know, where they can book hotels that are going to be closest to, to where everything is held. And I think that the, Honestly, I think Twitch had a really, really big part in that. That's <laughs> so cool. Thank you to Twitch. But I think more so the past two years, it has it has grown exponentially. And I'm hoping that it continues to grow as exponentially as it is. But it has been a thing that people have always traveled for. That, that's always been something very, very special about it. Sure. And I, I think too, and you can correct me if you think this is wrong, but the ability for people to come into the city and experience a little bit of that. I mean, within reason, like, cause clearly the festival is the highlight and you know, maybe they're getting dinner at a diner afterwards or whatever. But do you, do you feel the, I guess, pull for people being like, Oh, I'm excited to see what Louisville is like. 
I definitely think more so now. Um, I think Louisville has kind of been making a name for itself again over the past few years. I remember what the first couple years that I went to the fest, you know, you'd see people's tweets that are like, oh, can't believe I'm going to Kentucky. Like, why am I going to Kentucky this weekend? Um, but right. as soon as you do visit for the first time, you do kind of feel that magic, I guess. You feel that like magnetizing pull. It's a it's a very beautiful place. It's super quaint. There's a very nice like old historic town area with lots of great food. If you drink, there's lots of awesome bars. You know, you got the the Kentucky bourbon and the whiskey and all that stuff that I'm not super familiar with, but <laughs> Right. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard some people like the, uh, you know, like the alcohol. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's a very nice place to travel to. And I think once people go for the first time, they're kind of hooked on that and it, it makes them want to come back even more and having that fest and giving them that reason to kind of come to Kentucky and explore, maybe stay for just the fest weekend or stay for a few days after and, you know, go to some of like the hiking that's nearby or go on a a whiskey tour in in Lexington, which is an hour away. It gives people a lot of opportunity to kind of fall in love with this place, which is really nice. Sure. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll ask is the, you know, if I were to, uh, you know, put a gun to your head, which of course I'm not going to, but metaphorically speaking, if you were to be like, all right, remove, no, there, you have zero constraints. You can obviously, you know, book any band that you would like. Um, you know, if you were to be like, all right, here's like Julia's set of like, you know, two or three bands that I'm going to put, you know, either headlining or middle of the day or whatever the case may be, if I were to put you on the spot. And this is not to oh, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I know this is not to throw shade. Like if you are not mentioning a band, cause like, you know, clearly you have a, a fil- tight affiliations with many of your friends who you tour with and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm caveating everything for you to be, you know, you're given the floor to book whoever All it is right, you want. In my head. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Um, let's see. I would probably pick, um, Hmm. I would pick disembodied. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. That would be a good vibe. <laughs> Even though it's really lame. I, it's not lame. You know what? I don't care. I would pick title fight also. Um, and then. Hmm. Yeah, that's not, that's what, well, yeah, that would, that's not lame at all. That would obviously, I mean, you could, you could saw out an entire day of the fest for that. Just them playing. <laughs> and then I would also pick. Hmm. I think I would pick Cold World. Those would be my three. I those are all those are all very cool picks. Those are all uh, you know picks that would uh, clearly fit within the context. It would just be funny if you you know really were like, yeah, I want uh, Aqua. Like you know, you just pick like, <laughs> and it it would be funny because obviously we exist in a mixtape generation now where people are like, oh yes, like. I can listen to things that are, you know, clearly not heavy That's in any true. way, shape, hey, or form. I could throw like Queen on there or something, and I would have a great time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that would probably be a very different festival, and you guys would have to worry oh, about. Absolutely, but it would be awesome, though. Let's be real. <laughs> absolutely, I, I think yes, it would, and also it would expose kids who just be like, "Wait, isn't it the band that like my grandparents listen to?" <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's called it's called Timeless for a reason. Children, pay attention. Well, Julia, thank you so much for sharing your uh, thoughts about uh, the fest and obviously your, and I do appreciate you saying Louisville the right way. Cause I, or Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. Okay. Yeah, Cause I, I, I learned really quick after I moved here, not Louisville. Louisville. Nope. <laughs> 
that's what I say. I obviously do not Good. live there. So I'm, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I definitely say Louisville and uh, yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've been picked on from friends in the area that are just like, Ray, just say it. I'm like, come on. I'm from California. Give me a break, yeah, guys. you got to say it like your mouth is full of rocks. That's uh, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Rocks or marbles, either or. Yep. So, well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it was awesome. Evilgreed.net is the place that you need to pull up in your web browser right now and check out what they have going on. They are an incredible web store solution for bands and record labels of all shapes and sizes, but their unique point of view brings so many cool bands and record labels together for you to find all of the cool stuff. And on top of that, they want to give you, and I want to give you, 10% off your entire order by using the promo code 100WORDS. That's 100WORDS. And go check out all of the cool stuff they have. When I say all the cool stuff they have, they work exclusively with labels like Triple B Records, Sergeant House, uh the list goes on. <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff that they have there. And sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed by it, but it's a good thing. And honestly, one of my favorite things that they do is they are a they, they act like a record label. They are a very highly curated web store that are offering these services to bands and record labels, but then you as the consumer can go there and buy all this stuff conveniently. They have this really, really cool video series they do where, uh, you know, a band or artist that they work with comes in and, uh, you know, picks some stuff from their distro, showcases it on video. It's really, really cool. So yeah, you'll be able to find that at their website and you will be able to get 10% off by using the promo code 100 words. Trust me in saying that you will, if you like stuff that is heavy and artistic, you absolutely will just fall in love with what evilgreed.net has in store. 100 words or less, 10% off your order. Thank you, Evil Greed. Thanks a ton to all of these fine people, Ryan, Julia, Colin, Alex, for explaining why they do what they do, talking about Louisville, all that sort of stuff. And please go to ldbfest.com and you can check out the awesome lineup, buy some tickets if there are still some available, and then come hang out because it's going to be a really, really fun time. And I'm genuinely, genuinely looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully I can just do this for years to come because let me tell you, going out to Louisville for a hardcore festival, I'm all about it. Anyways, next week, I have an old friend. And when I say old, maybe just like a, a longtime friend. I'm, I'm trying to rephrase that because sometimes when you say old friend, it's just like uh, some people get offended, whatever. Anyways, a longtime friend, and his name is Sam Macon. He is the vocalist, or previously the vocalist, of a band called Sense by Man. And he has since cut his teeth and made his chops in regards to commercial directing, and he's the director of a rad documentary called Sign Painters. And he's done a lot of cool stuff within the, uh, the Hollywood slash entertainment community. So Sam was the vocalist for Sense by Man. And I played some shows with them back in the day. Love what the band does and did. And uh, yeah, I just had to have Sam on because he's an interesting dude. And that's what we do here. We bring interesting people on talking about why independent music is the coolest. So that's what we got next week. Until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. 
That's BetterHelp.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.